Welcome to the Life 21 Church Podcast. Thanks for joining with us today as we explore the Gospel of Matthew. We pray that as you listen, you would come to more fully understand the answer to this age-old question, who is this Jesus? Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 10. We are on to a whole nother section in the Who Is This Jesus series. We're on to Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. So we've seen the beginning of Jesus's life so far, and we've begun to see the launch of his ministry, of him beginning to set people free from diseases, illness, demons, so many things. And then we see, starting in chapter 5, where we are today, verses 1 through 12, the beginning of one of Jesus' most famous speeches or teachings. I have been so amazed and so stunned at studying the teachings of Jesus. Each time I listen to what he said and his specific words, as documented by multiple people and as carried on the last 2,000 years, The entire framework of how I view myself, others, this world, it completely changes and shifts as I realize that his thoughts as the creator made man are much better than mine. I have lived a life for many years under all kinds of different uh, bondage or things that I thought, believed, ways that I operated that were not best. And I am so thankful that his teachings are still available. And as we look at the beginning of this Sermon on the Mount is what it's been historically called. May you really experience the fact that Jesus through his spirit is still communicating these things to myself, to you, to all of us as an invitation into higher. The phrase of today is blessed are those are blessed are they. So let's read together verse 1 and discover the invitation to be blessed by God. Now he, Jesus, when he saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them, saying, Now we heard in the last podcast that Jesus told the disciples, Follow me, I will make you to be or to become fishers of men. Then he modeled what that looked like by casting the net of God's supernatural, miraculous power, and literally huge crowds began to follow him. To such a degree that when he taught, he needed to go up on a mountainside, even for his physical voice to be able to have the acoustics on a mountainside to be projected over the people so that all could hear. We see Jesus, I'm sure, so excited. He had been teaching in their synagogues. We don't know what he had taught in in chapter 4. But here in chapter 5, Matthew at least captures this teaching, this mountainside teaching, to a crowd that likely could not fit in the physical synagogue buildings. And this is what he says to them. Blessed, verse 3, Blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. We could go on for hours about each line, but I just want to share some things that I've really discovered in my own life. As I begin to experience and discover and come into agreement with the fact that spiritually speaking, 
though physically I have ownership of some money, I have ownership of some clothes, I have ownership of certain things in the physical that God has indeed given to me or allowed me to have, in the spirit, I literally, apart from God, have nothing. I am completely impoverished. Without him as the source of joy, I can have no joy. Now, I know all of us have experienced joy and peace and different things, and even at times when it didn't seemingly or consciously seem to be connected to him. But I tell you, if you have experienced joy, you were at least enjoying something or someone that he created. You were at least experiencing his grace, keeping you alive and providing you an opportunity for your desires to be met through someone or something in his creation. He's even the one that gave you the capacity to experience pleasure and joy and peace. And as we come to this revelation, the kingdom of heaven is opened. What is the kingdom of heaven? It's God's perfect desires, perfect rulership, perfect provision for all that will yield to him. And how do we yield? We recognize who has it all. So today, may you be blessed. May you have the kingdom of heaven by recognizing that apart from him, you literally have nothing. He continues on, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. I've really been discovering this in experiencing loved ones dying, close ones in my life that I care so much about dying. And I've often thought of sadness, especially in the United States of America, or in our current culture, it's often seen as a negative thing to be grieving or to be sad. But in fact, the emotional capacity to be sad is simply what God has given to humanity as a response to losing something we should never lose. Death before sin was never a part of the equation. And mourning or grieving as a response to sin and death, which are outside of who God is, is literally us emotionally positioning ourselves to be comforted. I found myself in the last several years experiencing new depths of God's comfort because previously I would stuff my emotions. I'd push down my tears. I'd say, I'm a man. I don't cry. (laughs) And I will be tough and pull myself up by my bootstraps. But as I begin to allow myself to be honest with the pain, the extraordinary pain in this age, I'm actually coming into agreement with how God feels about this age. He is deeply grieving and mourning as we hurt ourselves and hurt others and as we experience death and suffering and we allow ourselves to feel it and we bring those feelings to him, we're blessed because then in that place of coming into proximity with him and his grieving, he releases comfort. May you be comforted today as you mourn. Blessed are the meek, he continues, for they will inherit the earth. Jesus in the book of Revelation is seen as this meek one when the angels are crying out, who gets to rule the earth? Who's worthy to receive the scroll, the title deed to the earth? And all of heaven breaks out saying the lamb that was slain, the sacrificial lamb. And what we see is Jesus in his meekness or his humility proved worthy to inherit the earth. Many of these verses happen, the blessings of these verses happen in this age, yes, 
But all the more do these blessings come about when Christ returns and all things are reconciled. Verse 6, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. There is a particular blessing when we begin to have desires and appetites for righteousness. We often think of ourselves more as having a hunger and a thirst for sin, which is often true, and oftentimes we get our fill of it. The desires and the appetites that work into you, whether by God or by other spirits or by other experiences, determine what your life becomes filled with. One of the greatest prayers that God's given to me is just asking him, God, I ask that you'd cause me to hunger and thirst for you and for your righteousness as much as possible. He hears those prayers, and as he does it, your position, just like a hungry or a thirsty person, looks for food, goes to the fridge, goes to the grocery store. You pursue it until you got it. Ask the Lord to put in you a desire for himself that that desire would cause you to go after him until you got it. In Jesus' name. Verse 7, each one again, so profound, so beautiful. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. I have often held back the grace and the mercy of God. And just like if a hose has a kink in it or a twist in it, there can be water flowing to the hose and through the hose, but it's stopped up. When we hold unforgiveness or we hold back grace and mercy for others, the way that our souls are designed and the way that God's kingdom operates, I not only cut off the supply line of grace and mercy for others, I actually twist up the fabric or the substance of my own heart and cut off my own ability to receive God's mercy. God doesn't look down from heaven and say, hey, you're a jerk to others and you're not forgiving them. I'm going to be unforgiving towards you. It much more is a picture of when we disagree with who God is and when we don't remain in his love and forgiveness towards others, it's really based on us not seeing his goodness, us not honoring his goodness, and us closing off our heart to the receiving of it. It continues in a similar vein. Verse 8, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Now, I know and I celebrate the fact that all of us will physically see God at his return. Even Jesus will remain in a physical human body for all of eternity, as we see through the scriptures, and we will get to see God in his glory with also our bodies. But a lot of seeing of God goes much beyond the physical. Before he created the heavens and the earth, he was, he is, and he is to come. And there's a scene of God that happens in our heart by faith in our spirit where we get to see and experience the beauty of who he is. But just like our physical eyes, if we get junk in our physical eyes or our eyes are damaged, we can't see physically in the same way, impurities in our heart are like dirt over the eyes of our imagination, over the eyes of our heart. So today, there's a real cry in God's heart for us to ask him for purity and for cleansing. The scripture says that he will give you a new heart. 
and a new mind, and that is so that you can see him and who he is. Verse 9 says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. There are few things that better describe who God is than peace. Peace is complete stillness and rest. Not physical stillness like you don't move at all, but all the static in our minds and in our hearts of fears and anxieties and doubts and unforgiveness, all of it melts in his presence. God, in fact, has never in his mind and his heart entertained or agreed with anything that brought anxiety to him, anything that took away his joy. And he invites us to learn to walk into that way, not only maintaining his thoughts and attitudes within us, but leading other people into peace with God and with each other. And as we do that, God looks down and says, that's my boy, that's my girl. The angels say the same, wow, that's one of God's kids down there. Healing racial tension, healing tension between genders, healing tension. And even those, the men and women in creation look and say, whoa, there's something special and unique about those people. They bring rest and peace into a fallen world. Verse 10, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Verse 11 and 12 kind of fill in this same theme here. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Jesus takes us through this beautiful passage talking about all the blessings that are available for those that are interested. He tells us what the blessings are, what we'll receive, and what qualities we need to receive it. But he ends this section, at least, by saying, blessed are you if you're persecuted. Why is that? Whenever we pursue any of these character qualities and the blessings that come from them, we are pursuing God. And in a world that's rejected God, in a world that's led by Satan's influence, as we saw in Jesus' temptations, in an earlier podcast, we open ourselves up to be resisted, not even because of us and how we're living. Jesus says that they'll say all kinds of evil things about you because of me. But rejoice. In fact, when you are ever resisted in this age because of man and women's resistance of God, you actually receive a reward for that. The Father looks down and says, thank you for associating with me. Thank you for suffering with me. Thank you for loving even when it's difficult. They persecuted the prophets like that. They persecute you, but thank you for standing with me. I bless you. May you be blessed today. May you enter into the realities of what Jesus promised. And may you see that this Jesus is here to bless us if we'll simply open up and become by his spirit the type of people that he is able to bless. Thanks for joining with us today. May God continue to reveal to you by his spirit who indeed is this Jesus.